Hey guys, welcome back to Friday Live Podcast. It's Mutt and Jeff, also known as Tim and Matt, Crucible Spire. Um, I think today we're just going to jump in. I do have some announcements and stuff. I'll do those at the end, but uh, let's just jump in to Romans. We're in. We're gonna. We're gonna do a a weird deal, kind of. We're gonna talk about Romans six. Jump back into Romans five, or maybe we'll start in five. How do you want to do it? Well, can I preface with something? Yes, because I'm drinking coffee. I can see that. Mm, it's good. Um, been a lot happening this week. Well, yeah. well, not this week, but over the last two or three weeks from national things to, uh, well, most of it's just oppression to the brethren in Afghanistan. And uh, I have a I have a fair military background. I didn't serve in Afghanistan or Iraq and those functions, but I knew people that did. And coming from that background, I can understand. So, I mean, there's a lot of frustrations and things like that. And I'm not I'm not trying to be political here at all. But the suffering of the brethren, uh, mm. there's a lot of sickness here in Martin's Mill. I mean, mm. uh, the covid vein and some people are just plain sick and there's a lot yeah. of people so whatever that is that's coming through here i mean it feels kind of oppressive or can or at least for me it's kind of been that way and where some of these issues have come up you know i try to keep my mouth shut i was talking to my mother yesterday and she kept asking me about her you know what do i think about this and that and the stir up was starting to come up you know and i was like i just need to back out of that and not anger necessarily it's uh uh not even oppression uh i don't know how do you angst maybe some of it's aches but a lot of it's just broken heart yeah yeah and how do you pick your head up how do you uh uh how do you work through some of that stuff because i see the spiritual battle in all of it i guess is my point mm. and uh uh <clears throat> the broken heart part is watching all the believers just get blasted in the face all of a sudden. Yeah. You don't know what to do, where to go, how to even interpret it, that kind of thing. Right. The reason I bring that up is because I think it kind of applies here. Well, I know it's interesting, too, that you would start it off that way because, <clears throat> I mean, I feel, I, I, I told somebody yesterday, I've just had a really heavy spirit this week. Um, we talk about you know, I mean, even the suffering of the brethren, the persecuted church, we talk about it um, just for various reasons. I've had, I've had more close contact with, with people who are in close contact. Yeah, yeah. And, and... Yeah, and all that too. Yeah, and then and then you have, I mean, I, I literally heard myself say yesterday, I said, man, people are dropping around us like flies. Um, from not just from the pandemic, but just from being sick, and and usually in the summertime, I'm not accustomed to to just seeing everybody. You know, it's it's usually, yeah. usually fall or spring or winter. You know, when it's cold or it's a season change, but uh, not always in the summertime. And you know, preparing to speak and things like that, and just not being able to really get away from this idea of what do we do and how do we navigate suffering in ourselves, suffering in others. What do you do? Um, what is it that drives us forward, you know, and how do we, how do we tap into to what we do? And I think that's what this passage is, is really 
well, hard it, to get into. It helps. Yeah. And everything it does, it's working the way you don't think it's supposed to. You know, all the immunologists and all that stuff we're talking about. You know, when summer gets here, a lot of this stuff with COVID and viruses are going to go away because of the heat and that yeah. kind of stuff. And yeah. all of a sudden it's like, okay, <laughs> evidently. So, I mean, just, it's just all over the place. So, what do we do as, as believers in that? I don't know about you, but, well, I do know about you, but you look at yourself and you start going, I have no idea. How am I supposed to stand up and proclaim mm. yeah. all these things? And at the men's group the other day, we ran into that too. There were a lot of uh, leaders in the church and some other people in there, and they, they at least I sensed that. They kind of got that same. We even asked that question. How many of you holding these positions and... You're in places where you don't have a clue what to do, but right. you're just trying to make it look like that you know what you're talking about. I mean, that's a human... <laughs> Military's full of that kind of stuff, so... <laughs> I recognize that uh, symptom quick. Don't be afraid of those symptoms, though. Uh, it's okay to... to recognize it. But where do you go find... What do I do? That's the wrong question. Well, let me... The let answer me... is... The question is, where do you look? Yeah, and you know, and... One of the things that's confronted me in my prep time, and we're not actually gotten into the text yet, but just talking about this idea, we have all these, I'm, I call them Christianese, you know, I mean, but they're, they're phrases from the Bible. I mean, it's not yeah. like they're things we made up, but, you know, um, we look to Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, we're baptized into his death. We, we look to him, you know, from the hills, you know, we look to the hills from whence cometh my help. That's King James. But, uh, you know, I'm always wanting to follow up the question is like, okay, we know those things in our head and we can even recite them. We might even be able to recite them in Greek. But uh, what does it look like for us to live those things? And I think when there's, you're encompassed with tragedy, bad news, just evil for that matter, you know, um, I, I heard a, an article, an, uh, an interview this morning and someone was asking, uh, he was a, an Afghan pastor, but he was in the States with an Afghan community. And, and it was a legit question. What do we do? How can we help? You know, how can we encourage? And sometimes those things, they feel like platitudes, even though we know they're coming out of Scripture. You know, yeah. and, then, and so you say, well, you just need to look to Jesus. Well, you do need to look to Jesus. Um, but we get flummoxed sometimes because we don't really know how to describe to somebody what it looks like, what it, the practical outflow of what it means to keep your eyes on Christ. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes absolute perfect sense, and we're kind of going to talk about that. Well, here. that's what I was saying. I've, I've felt that this week, of, and, and I can just tell you, just like the apostles, you know, I can tell you what I've seen, I can tell you what I've heard. And what I've seen in my own life this week is just feeling it would come in waves, I'd read a story or I'd just sit and think about something that was happening, you know, either overseas, gotten some not so good news this week and some yeah. things like that. Not us personally, I just heard about some things. And I'm just like, oh man, there's nothing I can actually do. And that's kind of in our DNA. You got to go do something, got to fix it. And so I just found myself literally sitting right over here just in prayer and just crying out to the Lord and going, I don't even know. I don't know what's happening. I know you're in charge. Um, I know that uh, that everything is is absolutely because I believe in the sovereignty of God, and I think for me that's where my theology helps me. Is because for me, 
Um, if I didn't believe in the absolute sovereignty of God, I would absolutely be a train wreck emotionally. So let's back up on that. How did you... What made you believe in the sovereignty of God outside of somebody just saying that and you want to hold on to that? Because it has to be deeper than that. It, it does have to be deeper than that. Um, or at least in my experience. Well, and I think I think part of that is that gift of faith, Ephesians 2. I think I have the ability to believe in His sovereignty because He's given me the ability to believe in His sovereignty. Um, but as I read the text, somewhere along the line, a decision has to be made that you're going to accept what you see. How does that fit inside of learn, teach, repeat? What do you mean? Well, the whole premise of the, even this show that we're doing, show, podcast, whatever, whatever. It is, is all from Crucible's Fire. And Crucible's Fire is all about learn, teach, repeat. And that's, I'm not trying to bring it to a place where how do we learn, teach, and repeat with this? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking how you you believe in the sovereignty of God and just by your your emotional statement to that, I know that that's a deep-rooted thing. Um, but that didn't come just from, yes, God showed it to you and He gave you the capacities. The the thing that that I would say probably the only way that I really got to that point is, is going through through tragedy, going through hardship and affliction. Um, I had a good friend tell us one time, tell me one time about our family. He said, You've had your face in a wood chipper for 15 years. <laughs> and he's not wrong. He's not. And it's not just about being a special needs parent, you know, facing the death of a child over. Now, here's the deal. We've had people tell us before, you know, oh, I can't believe you guys have, have gone through what you've gone through and you do whatever. And I'm like, we actually um, haven't stepped across some of the bridges that other people have. I mean, I've not lost a child, yeah. but we've been to that door over and over again yeah. thinking we're going to, and it's just like, yeah. can we can we get a break? We went to Hawaii this year for vacation, first time ever, and uh, not just to Hawaii, but like for vacation. And um, I remember standing up at the North Shore and watching the waves roll in, and it's just the nature of waves, but some of them were medium, you know, small, and there were idiots down there that had crawled over the fence down the do not cross place. And if we're sitting on the rocks, and but then every now and again, a really big one would come in, and it would just trash these poor people all over yeah. these jagged rocks, <laughs> and they were bleeding and stuff. And I'm up there, hi, I'm videoing them getting trashed, you know, like this is the best video ever. But uh, but the fact that it just kept coming, and that's the way it's been. But in those moments of, and this is this is what I'm talking about on Sunday, is. There has to be a witness that bears witness with our spirit. There has to be something that reassures us that everything's okay. The scriptures calls him the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Yes. And uh, the comforter, the counselor. I don't have words to articulate that. But I, I said this to somebody the other day, and it's so strange. And if you've, if you've been in these spots, you might understand. I don't even know how to say this without sounding really weird. But spiritually... I do better when we're in crisis. Yeah. Like, when I don't have anything else to hold on to but Him, I tend to hold on to Him tighter. And not only that, because 
because the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and because He is with those that mourn, and so are your brothers and your sisters, and, and we, you, can, you do that like we're seeing now, when you're in the thick of it, you feel His peace and His presence, and you can, as the text will say, you can glory and boast in His glory. Yes. Because that's where you feel it. That's where it comes to you. And so the question was, is what has bolstered emotionally uh, my belief in the sovereignty of God? Is in the middle of those goofy moments, those hard moments, those dark nights of soul, to feel that peace, but then to look outside of those moments, outside of those circumstances, and watch how He uses those to touch people other than us. And the and, and, and it's been a it's it's a time tested thing. It's not I, I it, it has taken twenty seven years of marriage, fourteen years of having. And I want everybody to hear that because that's where I was looking for. Okay, it's time, and it's time vested. Right. Not just sitting around and thinking about the Lord. I, I believe in the sovereignty too, and I believe that the kingdom is so overwhelming in everything we are and everywhere we are. If you took an individual, ripped out of pages out of Leviticus of who beget who, and that's the only page they had, and they spent 30 years on a desert island, and you went and picked that person up, and he spent the time with the Lord, with that one piece of word that he had that to us doesn't look like it means anything, that guy would have an unbelievable knowledge of the kingdom and be able to see where God is working in places and it would almost be like Paul, when he got hold of the Word as we know it, and read it, though it might be the first time reading the words, he would be able to see the movement of God working in that right. thing way better than all of us that have been doing this uh, for a time. Which brings me back to uh, chapter 4 and 5 in Romans. Chapter 4 is talking about uh, belief. Or it uses mo or Abraham as a as a as a sample. It just says that he believed God. Yeah. But he came to that because at that point, before he was going to be the father of nations and all that stuff, there was a history with God. Right. And that history of rising and falling and spending time with the Lord got to a place to where he just, when God said he was going to do something. He just believed it. Well, and something Patrick reminded me of. Patrick, if you're on the deal, he commented, Blessed be the God and Father. He's, he's, he's quoting uh, 2 Corinthians 1. Um, Patrick, we're not in 2 Corinthians today. We, maybe we should have been. He com <laughs> but he says he comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction. Yes. Here's one of the things that we saw over time. We're not, maybe we don't actually get into the text text today, but, uh, will, but, but this, is, this is good. Because one of the things that we saw... As, as, a, as special needs parents and as foster parents. When you're in it, your face is in the wood chipper and you're getting ground to a fine paste. You're just like, oh my goodness. But ever so once in a while, someone would come along and you can spot them a mile away when they're going through the same affliction you've been going through. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll never forget one of these interesting times that happened. We had taken, uh, we had gone to a basketball game in Fruitvale and Brenna was little. And we're just sitting there watching a basketball. Austin, I think, was even in high school. I mean, it may, may have been that long ago. I don't remember when it was. Doesn't matter. But we look across the gym, and there's a lady holding a baby with a blanket over it. It was cold, and but out from under the blanket was a little white tube, just a little tube that came out like that. 
and immediately I knew exactly. I said, "She's she's that's a tube fed tube fed child," and immediately there was a kindred spirit. Right. It's kind of like, okay, this is a terrible analogy, but go with me, and you'll understand if you have one. It's kind of like being a boat owner. I bought a boat one time, didn't never owned a boat before, took it out to the lake the first time, and all of a sudden I got like eight best friends. I mean, there's people helping me back it in. They're helping me pull it up on the shore when it was time to pull up. I mean, and and nobody was trying to steal my gear. They were just it was a it was a, a club, yeah. a boat owners club. Well, when you're in affliction, it's the same way, yeah. to, to some degree. So you can spot it. And so, but God lets us go through this stuff for the sheer purpose, according to Second Corinthians. That we can help people, and I've I've been on the phone with foster parents who are about to give up. I've been on the phone with special needs parents that didn't know who to call. They were young, and their baby had similar problems. Our doctor actually used to give our numbers out to people, and have them call us and say, "I've got a young couple. They've got a similar situation. Can you talk to them?" We'd talk to them, and um, and and give them comfort. It's going to be okay, you know that kind of a thing. And seeing God work through those situations over time. Then, you know, the scripture talks about your faith being exercised. When the next thing comes, it's usually a little bigger. And so I know when we're going into a valley, I always try to prepare, prepare myself because I'm like, I know we're going to come out of it, maybe. But when we do come out of it, I'm always kind of looking over the horizon because that usually means that was prepping for another big wave. It's just been that way for It's not like that for everybody. But I look in the scriptures, and he says that these afflictions, they're discipline. Yeah, and we in more only, than one place it says that. And we only think of the word discipline in the negative connotation like we're being punished, and that's not good to think of it that way. Well, and from a training perspective, what you don't hear him saying is that he spent a lot of time in the Word, too. Yes. A lot of time even misinterpreting that Word, but he was in the Word. Hey, wait a minute. Well, it's true. That's just... It's true. I identify with that. Yeah. I would never admit it, but it looks better <laughs> when it's your fault. Um, because the Spirit uses the Word. Right. Well... And the Spirit can overwhelm and do anything. And don't get me wrong. I, I've actually seen it where people didn't have access to the Word, so to speak, especially as we have it. But because they believed Him... He led like that. Right. But the Lord is looking for you to to use that part of yourself to get into the Word. Um, and I'm not using this as a premise to be able to tell you to read your Bibles. Uh, I'm just saying that because um, over time, well, Abraham didn't have the written Word in theory. But the way that it was set up, the same thing happened. He he communed with God. He spoke. Right. So when you're hearing God speak, that's the Word of God too. On this side of all that, this was written and it was put in place for us to dig into it. And then the Spirit uses that and unravels it over time. Not unravels it. How we think we see it or how we've been told it is. And then He tells us what it really says at some point as we walk and we commune with him and it brings clarity it's like peeling an onion you know i mean there's layer i mean because i can't tell you many times i've been in a passage and i really thought i had the passage i've taught the passage and it's not super things i got to have the key or the code no it get that's not what i'm talking about and i would submit to you though that even at that moment early on i did have that passage and i understood it and for where i was at 
that's what that passage really it didn't change its meaning but it, its application for me was correct but now down the road life changes things are different i come across it again and it hits me afresh and anew right in the right in this kisser yeah. and and it's not that it's different but it has deeper meaning there may be another level of the meaning. deeper and broader yeah not in watered down broader but in the movement of god broader two two examples you talked about being in the word and uh, I've, I've used this a lot recently when we were in, in mexico and i was struggling um one of the things that i did about being in the word because I know that when I get in the Word, it bolsters me. Because the oh, Spirit, yeah. John 16, the Spirit leads you into all truth. And He's a counselor. He's a comforter. So I jumped into uh, Psalm 51. No, Psalm 46. And I read that sucker out loud over and over and over again to remind myself that the Lord of armies is with us. The Lord of armies was with us. I, I think about things like Elijah and, and Jehazi. And I think about those things and I pray about those things. And you get into the Word and you, and because then He begins to minister to you. And that's a learned skill. Yeah, that's yeah a, it's it a, is a learned skill. I would even say that that's a gift. It's a developed that's turned, it's, skill. It's, it is developed. And being able to listen and be around people that hear the Holy Spirit and, and train your senses to hear the Holy Spirit compared to the Word, reading it in prayer, because He does speak. He promises oh, yes. us He will. The The second example was, we. I know Patrick and I have talked about this some, and... and praying for Brenda to be healed and I still do yeah uh, and I, I want to see her get up and walk I want to hear her say daddy um, but that one day I'll that was as clear as a bell um, he, he spoke into my spirit and he said she's not broken and the text will bear that the out the text will bear that the out the text will bear that out and I tell people this they think they think I'm weird sometimes I've got a lot of weird looks but the scriptures say that she was formed together in the womb and people say, oh, she was broken, but um, she's not broken. And so that one, that scripture right there really tested my sovereignty of God question. <laughs> because he could have made it, made her normal, but yeah. he didn't. And so I've got to wrestle with, why didn't you make her normal? Normal. Why did you do like that? And the, the piece that he gave me, and this was not that long ago, was I've been able to accomplish more with her in her state than I ever could with her normal. And you have to step back from that and say, my, my focus wants to be on my circumstance, her circumstance, and the right now. And you want God to prove himself to you. Exactly. And the way the kingdom works, he's not proving himself to you. He is what he is. That's right. And we have to catch up to that part. That's right. And, and and we Patrick just said it when we get a hold of the one of the things that helps me with the sovereignty of God is what Patrick just said he is good <laughs> yeah. and I want to be I'm going to look right in the camera and be square with you there have been days where that is a volitional decision to believe that God is, is good and once you step into that belief and into that faith the spirit bears witness with that and you know he's good and that's when your eyes start leaking and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but but anyway, so. Well, everything we just said has relevance for what we're about to study, but we're not gonna have time to study it. Uh, but believing who God says he is. Yeah, yeah. So everything we're gonna work on this premises on that. You had six or five. And four. No, neither. 
We're in Romans 4. If you want yeah, to follow Romans along 4. With the and I'll start in verse 20 because we can't go over the whole thing. Well, wait, go to verse 18. It says, In hope against hope, he believed. That's, that's uh, Abraham believing what God said he was going to do. And then down in verse uh, 20, it says, Yet respect, with respect to the promise, the one where he told him he was going to be the father of many nations, Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Right. He was just... Hope's not even... Hope just sounds like a last dying grasp. Right. Of something, but that's, that's not, not it. it. Hope is bolstered by something that is the truth. Yes. And in eternal functions, when the Spirit is resonating with you, all this stuff you read about God, let's just keep it associated with the Word somehow. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't, and through the functions of life as it goes. Even if you're just trying to pursue to prove who God says He is. I don't know why I did the knife hand there, but it came out. Even if you're just trying to prove in your walk and trying to find out who the kingdom is, that's okay. God can handle that part. Right, 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 uh, right, right. If you're just trying to, to prove who He says He is, and you're studying these things, even if you're trying to do it in a negative sense, because even the, even the demons believe and are fearful. Right, right. <laughs> so right. if it works in that realm, it works on this side too. You're trying to prove that through your actions and walks in life and whatever transpires in that, good or bad, and you're doing this, His Spirit's going to start relating that, that you're going to know it's true. And I think that's even for unbelievers, too. Well, and that's the supernatural part of what we're doing. And, I, and, and Abraham had that. And Abraham had it because over the time he'd right. spent with God to this point right here, he believed that God could do what he said he was going to do, even to the point, I don't mean to cut you off, but if I don't, I'll forget. Do it. Sarah even, I don't know if she believed what God said. I can't remember exactly what it says on that. But she believed that Abraham believed it. Right. And in that movement, they tried to bring about the promise by their own hands. Almost like, well, this is what God showed us. we got to make it happen. Right. And so in comes Hagar. And both of them participated in that. And we see the result of that. We're suffering it right now. Uh... But even after all that transpired, it says that he still believed that God, even in the shame of what he had done, he believed it, and God credited it to him as righteousness. Right. Woo! Well, and his belief was twofold, and Romans 4 talks about that. It's not just that he believed that he would do it, but he also believed that he could do it. Those are different. And he may have, yes, you're right. And I look at that and I go, he might have believed it was already done. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, and, and that, gets, that gets kind of deep. But the reason I say that is because there have been times in my own walk, in my own working out my salvation and things, that I have firmly believed that God could do something, but I wasn't quite sure that he would do something. <laughs> yeah. And so when, yeah. when I when I jump into these situations now I frame it differently I frame it like this he can do whatever the heck he wants to do 
whether I call it good, bad, or ugly, it is his sovereign declared will that will happen. And he will do his will. And yes. so my job is not to figure out whether or not I think God's doing it right, can do it or not do it. I just need to believe God and move alongside of wherever he's going. Yes. Regardless of what that looks like to me. And you learn what that looks like over time. Over time. Because how we see it and how you or how he sees it or I see it at any given time, we have to uh, you you obey what you know. And it doesn't really matter how somebody else looks at that. Well, you said it. His belief was counted to him as righteousness. Our jacked up thinking thinks righteousness means that I'm doing everything right. And man didn't account it to righteousness. God it said did. that God gave accounted him right, like eternal righteousness right. on that. And and we see that over and over and over and all the way down through Scripture it gets referred to. And it seems deep, but going into about where we're going to go, obviously, next time we do this, probably. <laughs> Uh, well, and don't lose that. Yeah. We will do it. Uh, the time beforehand, it said that Abraham had the ability to look at what transpired and believed in his heart from an eternal point of view that that's what was going to happen, even though he couldn't articulate all of it. It wasn't that Abraham just said, I believe God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an act on his part. It was God that fed him and equipped him all the stuff. And so, and that's what we're getting into in the five and six is the fact this is all on the glory of God that all this stuff happened. That he could even believe him right. was by the hand of God, right. not by the hand of, of Abraham. And that's where we're all stuck most of the time. How do I do? What should I do? What, blah, 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 blah. And that's why I'm telling you that you've got to look up. Yeah. Because even in my walk in places, we talked about there's believers around, there's people that come, you can identify and you can see those things. But if you run, you start pursuing God, He's going to put you in a place where there is nothing else around but Him. Yeah. And He will force you to look up in that. And Elijah was like that. The great things of the sacrifice and bringing down the fire and all that, and not five minutes after it happened, <laughs> yeah. he's off hiding in a cave somewhere worried about some mad woman. Yeah. There was nothing around, no one around to help bolster him. And that was in a place where the Lord was like going... All this stuff, all these people, all the things that transpire is me, and I've given you the capacity to do that. You are who you are because of me. Right. And we learn to accept that by steps. And that's why when we get into chapters, end of chapter 5 and into chapter 6 of Romans, you see these phrases. And here's the reason we kind of needed to go through all that. You have these phrases, and we were talking about this before we got on the broadcast. What do they really mean? You know, what does it mean to look at God? What does it mean to do all this? We talked about that a little bit at the beginning. But he's going to use these phrases like, I glory, I boast, I exalt in yeah. his thing. I exalt in glory in my affliction. I exalt in glory in his goodness. What does that mean? Well, it's because when you begin to recognize that everything, every good gift comes from the Father of light. I mean, it is, it is him. Everything that comes to us is of Him, either in form of blessing, comfort, peace, or training and discipline. and all. It's all Him. And so whatever happens, then you begin to just sit back and say, I, and there's been times, Tim, I've done this. I don't know what's happening. But God, I know you're good, so I must not be seeing something right. And so you just plow through. Does that make, does that make no, sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Let me tell you where all this came from. This came from a word that I found. <laughs> let's... let's 
uh, take it back to the learn, teach, repeat thing. Uh, and this has happened many times in my learning things about the kingdom. As I was going back and getting ready for this, and I couldn't remember if we had finished five and we were going to start six or what it was, and so I just reread all of it again. Uh, Never hurts. The context for five and six is off the premise of the fact that uh, Abraham believed God. Right. He made that point in there. And then we're analyzing what that looks like in our actually how we walk and deal with things and all that kind of stuff. And so in uh, chapter 5 and verse 2, verse 3 and verse 11, uh, don't know all the different versions, uh, but in verse 2 it says, uh, Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. That word exult. Mine says boast. Okay, his says boast. Other places say joy. Yeah. There, there's a list of words there. So in verse 3 it says, And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. What does your say there? Boast again. Okay, so it says boast. So that word exult. Whatever word you have, I want you to mark that. Uh, down in verse 11 it says, And not only this, but we also exult in God. Does your say boast? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mine says exult. So I started looking for that. I don't remember. It was something I was reading in chapter 6 that kind of led me over there. And these explanations that they have in 5... Look at the time. Yeah, we got uh, to wrap. Yeah, we're wrapping up. So, uh, looking at those explanations, again, those are not like Abraham where he just decided, I believe in God. He was able to look back and understand that it was God that made him get to the place where he was at. So, he believed in God in kind of this joyful... Look what else you did! Yeah. Kind of an environment. And that's what those statements are. Yeah. Where it says exalt, that's exactly what the... That's what Paul's talking about, that kind of joy. And so, we have one word in there because when they try to translate things, they just they call those verb tenses and they're trying to put it in for one word. So it's really a statement. It is one word in Greek. And I can't remember how to pronounce it, but it sounds a lot like you're trying to spit. <laughs> and But it means, I glory proudly if you had to put it in a statement. I glory proudly. We're not supposed to be prideful as a Christian. You're missing, that's not the point. Yeah, it's not that kind of pride. The point is, is, it's another one of those things where you, he says this and you look at it and you see what he's done to make that happen either in yourself or in the situations you're at, no matter what kind of muck is going on around it. And you go, that's so cool that you did something like that. <laughs> well, that's when, the, that's when you hear the psalmist saying, who are we? Yeah, that you would consider us, you know, and 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 you think about, I, I, I can look back over twenty six years of ministry, and today I can I could if I could draw it on a map of the relationships that he's put in my path, the people that have all had something to do with where we're at right now, and I'm like, I I, I literally <laughs> okay, and if you're watching this and you used to work for software builders, I think part of the software builders move from Martin's Mill to Colorado Springs was because I needed some work done. And he moved, I would agree with he that. He moved like eight families across the stinking country. Would he do something like that? Yes. Now, was he also working and doing stuff in them simultaneously and have plans for them? Absolutely. Absolutely. But he's so awesome, he does it all at the same time. And I stand back and I go, you did that for me? Really? And that's a righteous claim. Yeah. I, you bring that story up, I think the whole book of Job. Job went through what he went through 
for us right now. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. that's the encompassing actions of God. Those people inside of all that thing could look at it and do the same thing. You did that for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the coolest and, thing ever. And we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with, and that's, it, it, we, we do need to, to set that back because part of believing God is understanding who he is. And that, for Patrick said it while ago, for me, that starts with his nature and his character. People are like, well, I don't know sure what to teach. I've heard youth pastors say, I'm not sure what direction, where to go, where to teach the kids. I'm like, just teach them about the nature and the character of yeah. God. Yeah. Everything else is secondary. Yeah. If Because if we can get tapped into the good, unbelievably holy and incredible nature of who God is, everything else is academic. And the Holy Spirit will lead you into it. But once you grasp the goodness of who God is, then you can actually get into, and we'll talk about this this weekend, when the winnowing fork comes out and when the grinding wheel comes out and when the, the tempest and the fire that goes before him begins. Because I guarantee there, you, you read Job, and Job wasn't always like, oh, great, this is awesome. He was oh, like, man. what have I done? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because he's in the middle of it. But we can look back and go, I can't believe you put him through that for me. Thank you. And then we go. Yeah. That's how you glory and exalt in him and what he did because and then you you take that and apply it to your own afflictions and your own problems and you you have to get on the back side of those sometimes uh, man if y'all haven't seen patrick's message on endure go to the bridge fellowship <laughs> website or youtube channel and, yeah. and and it says endure you need it i promise you you need it you, you don't just will not just enjoy it you need it and and watch the the testimony that he gives about having lost two children uh in a marriage and things and still pronouncing and proclaiming the goodness of who God is. That is glorying in God's goodness. One last thing here I want to put off that we just looked at in chapter 5 right there in those words. That whole context right there, you know, we're going, we're all jumping for joy over this thing, but you might be kind of new to the walk, so to speak. Even if you've been yeah, saved for 20 years or whatever and you're just now really starting to dig in. You may look at that and go, well, one, I don't have y'all's knowledge in all this. Well, everything I'm telling you is a culmination of 35 plus years of digging in the Word at various times. Just start. That's what I did. Yeah. Uh, the other one is you may look at it and you start getting convicted and you go, and I'm not worthy. I can't do this. When you're reading in those, those very verses that I just gave you and in those first, first few verses of five, it also covers the fact that your unworthiness that he blasted all that out of existence. Mm -hmm. And they, he talks about that in verse five, in, or in chapter five in the first few verses in there. And that's why it's even so much of a culmination of, uh, what I put here, the, the, I glory proudly. Yeah. He blasted all that stuff out of place on his own. He did it. So that's why he made you righteous. Because Paul knew himself. Oh yeah. And he's looking himself in the mirror and, and, and you, you can do that too. Um, <clears throat> next week we'll we'll jump back in it. <coughs> Some coffee in my throat. It's not the bug water. Um, <clears throat> yeah, me get a drink. Um, two two quick things. Um, if you haven't yet, go out to the App Store and or the Google Play Store. We've got an app out that just came out last week. Um, this, you can look it up under the Crucible's Fire. If you're not sure, if you can't find it. Um, then you can either go to our website, it's there, um, it's, look on our Facebook pages, it's listed there. Um, as many downloads and shares of that as we can get, we need, to, we need to really build some traction on that because we've got, we've actually got a really huge project taking form. 
uh, right now, and I mean huge. Uh, I'm not going to share a lot of the details about it right now, but it does involve our, our Bible study trainings um, internationally, locally. Well, we've got two uh, opportunities right now that we're trying to schedule to do how to study the Bible trainings. Um, one will be done here locally, one uh, possibly uh, nearby. But uh, we're going to be doing some of those, so we'll be looking for that. So if you want to register for one of those and, uh, and come in and, and go through that training. Um, but we're trying to, to do some new things. We will involve our app and do some things. It's a huge project. We need your prayer. And, and quite frankly, we need some support for that. So if you feel led to give, uh, you can go to you know, thecrucibusfire.org forward slash donate, and you can give to that ministry, and, uh, and it will help us out. But I'm, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about the project, and I really can't wait till I can actually tell you about all the details. Yeah, but I, I, can't, cool. I can't do that yet. They're still forming. But um, I, let me just say this. Um, there are ministries similar to what we're kind of talking about doing that in a week um, was able to reach and feed over 140,000 people in a week. Mm. And so that's the scale we're talking about here of taking God's word and, and creating self-feeders, creating people who know how to feed themselves on the word of God and not just be fed. Although feeding, being fed is great. You also, we also, if you don't believe me, look around at the times we're living in and what's going on in the world, if you don't know how to feed yourself on the Word of God, you don't know how to study it. And, I'm, and reading it's great, but if you don't know how to study it, I would love for you to email us at info at thecruciblesfire.org. We'll figure out a way to meet with you and we'll, we'll teach you, even if it's not in a formal class. You need to know. And it's not hard. You don't have to be a rocket science. It's not scientist. rocket science. We've broken this down into a, it's a time-tested method um, that anybody can do. Yep. Kids can do it. Teenagers can do it. Um, anyone can do it, and I promise you, it'll it'll change the way you look at the Word of God. Um, and so, if you if you're interested in that, contact us. We're, again, we're going to have a formal training. I like doing it in the groups because it's it's easier to bounce stuff off of each other. But seriously, if you're just out there and wanting to to, to learn some of it, let us know. And we'll make sure. Anything before we go? That's it. Man, we we should appreciate you joining us for the for the broadcast today. Um, we love you, and as always, thank you for helping us help you learn, teach, repeat. You guys have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye.